Yeah. Yeah, what do you want? Beak or jaws? Feathers or fur? Sharp teeth or feet with claws? Whatever's preferred. They'll grant you all last requests to steady your nerves. Then podcast the body parts get severed and served. Bring your weak shit where the wolf and owler. That ain't just a mistake, that's an awful howler. Both of them are known to pull up at your shows. Have the crowd witnessing the murder like they rolled in with a gang of crows. Fuck their censorship, let them see the whole thing. They stay dressed to kill, never sheep's clothing. Dark enough to turn the sun to the moon, you'll see nothing. All you hear is a huff a puff. Of. Expect killings, red spilling and flesh ripping Impressive in it, the death bringing his head spinning Just kidding, every word in this song's about two grown men Dressed up as a bird and a dog Welcome, once again, you know how we do Tom Davis, Romish Rangalathan <laughs> yeah. on the, the Wolf, the Wolf, the Wolf and Out podcast <laughs> I Bonus like I episode done it for a while. You haven't done I've what? done the how, the how <laughs> Yes. You want to do your little? Oh, wow, that was good. You've been practicing. I have actually. So sometimes <laughs> I just had this really weird vision, right, of um you at a dogging site, um oh. sat in a tree, just like how out, hooting like a owl. <laughs> what would you do if you? What would you do if you drove past? Not so much now, but like you know, I know you're not. I know your dogging days are behind you, but there's still something. <laughs> there is. There is still something intriguing about a dogging site, isn't there? You know what I think? Yeah. Do you know, it's one of those things, right? Uh, as soon as it was sort of like people started talking about dogging, there were so many places. I reckon so many businesses went under where people were like uh, turning around going, oh, yeah, no, don't go down there. That's a dogging dogging site. <laughs> like there's loads of burger vans that sort of <laughs> in laybys. Oh, it's really quiet now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Words being put around that this is sort of a place where doggers have something to eat before they go dogging. I know, but that, there's it's, an argument that like a burger van near a dog, I mean, if you knew there was like a quite a well populated dogged site, you might think about taking your van down there. Do you know what I mean? Because of course you would. Yeah. After after a little bout of seagulling, you sort of fancy <laughs> quite fancy some carbs. Do you know what I mean? Mate, well, I bet you'd make an absolute killing, wouldn't you? And also, doggers by nature are they're all COVID deniers. So that's the one place if you've got a small little business like a burger van, mm. they would definitely. I mean, there, there you go. What you just said there in a nutshell is why you know, why you can't really trust deniers, can you? Because it just so happens that doggers are COVID deniers because COVID denial helps them carry on with their hobby. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and, there, and therein lies the kind of the key to all these people who, who fucking deny the existence of COVID, deny all the measures, because it happens to inconvenience them. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, that's... There's a guy that I know and I'm really... I've known him since school and he's sort of, I worked with him like on the sites for a long time and um, it's becoming very hard to still be his friend because he's such a denier. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, he's, he's got some attributes of quite as a person. I'm, I'm sort of like, you know, I've, I've known him a long time. We've, we've shared holidays, whatever. But, you know, he, he's, slow, he's slowly sort of like, what, 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 what is really, really ironic, right, is he has spent the whole time denying COVID social distancing, wearing a mask, and slowly but surely, everyone of our friendship group is slowly socially distancing from him. <laughs> everyone is like, it's like, yeah, yeah, no one, yeah, does no one even use this group anymore? Like, no one's got the heart to say, and there's another group, which, yeah. like, we all got tired of you putting up fucking articles by yeah. some fucking nut nutter in America. Yeah, it's the same, it's same, same name of group, but in brackets after it says, without tinfoil. <laughs> You know, do you know, do you know the thing, the, the thing that annoys me, the thing that annoys me about COVID denials, because I've had a bit of this recently, right? Where like, 
You know, when I, d- I told you about when I did that video or whatever, is if, yeah. you, if, you, if you're a COVID denier, okay, that, that's one thing, okay? You, you've decided that you think that everybody else is swallowed, uh, is swallowed government propaganda or whatever you want to believe. The thing that annoys me is, is COVID deniers who get angry and sort of take the piss or mock people who actually believe in it, right? Who actually have, have looked at the evidence and believed in it. And look, I've, I've had a couple of things where people have messaged me where I did a photo of me after I took the vaccine and I was in that video and people have said to me, oh, you fucking, you're, uh, you're propagating government propaganda. I'll never engage with you again. Can I just say on here on the podcast, if you're a COVID denier who thinks that people have swallowed government propaganda and it angers you that people are taking the vaccine, please do not engage with any of my... I, I, would, I, would, I would love you to deselect yourself from engaging with anything I do. I do not want you enjoying my comedy. I do not want you watching any of my shows. I do not want you listening to this podcast. If you are currently listening to The Will For Now and you are uh, an angry COVID denier, fuck the fuck off, okay? Go listen to something else, you fucking piece of shit. Anyway, I just want to get that off my chest. Because I, no, it's, it's, I, it's only because, look, if you're a COVID denier, you're a COVID denier. I, I respect people's got difference of opinion. Hey, man, I, it's, I, just, I, it's just look, this look. attack, this attack on Mate, people. That's, 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 but that's the crux of everything, isn't it? And you know what it is? It's like, you know when you like watch, um, like I, when I watched It's a Sin, and it's like, a, I thought it was, I don't know if you watched it, I thought it was an incredible bit yeah. of television. It was, you know, and it was sort of like eye-opening to see what, you know, what AIDS was like at the time and how people dealt with that. And what, what the different, it was sort of like people was like, oh, it's someone else's problem. It's not our problem. Do you know what I mean? You know, that's, that's this disease, but we can't get it. That's this virus. We can't get it. And, and, but that's all played out in fear. That's all that, the, the, the emotion and the, the sort of thing you feel straight away is fear. And I think that's the same thing with COVID denying is if something's not true, if something's fictional, you can't, do you know what I mean? It can't hurt you. You know, and look, I mean, you know, I, sadly, you know, I know, Three people who've, who've lost loved ones during from COVID. So you're sort of like, what? What is? What do you think genuinely that these? This is just a big practical joke that's been played on a bunch of wankers. I, I think you've hit. I honestly think you've hit the nail on the head, bro. Because it's like that thing of you. You believe what is most convenient to believe, or what is most comforting to believe, right? It's the same thing yeah. where, like, if you miss out on a job or you don't get something that you really wanted to go for you are more inclined to believe that there is some sort of set, there's a conspiracy or there's some sort of, there's some sort of issue that has meant that you haven't got that job because that's the easier thing to believe than it is that you're not, that you weren't the, the best candidate for that, for that thing. Right. So yeah, yeah. it's the same thing with this. It's like, what is easier to believe that there is a global pandemic, that there is a disease that, that is so like rapidly spreadable that we have to stay inside or you believe that actually we could be living our lives normally and this is a load of bullshit. Of course, that's what you'd want to believe. But who wins? Yeah, who I, know, wins? I, know, right, I know. It's always been inside. That's what, but that's what I mean. It's like, what? So you know when people go, well, it's government control. Do you not think the government are controlling us already? We all go to yeah. work for most of our working week. We go on holiday when we're allowed to. We have to apply for passports. Every, we, we're subject to the laws of the country. How much more fucking control do you think they, they need? <laughs> We're already <laughs> fucking under government control. What are you talking about? We, we... But with the fear thing, yeah. you know the fear thing. This is this is where I think it's like really apt as well, right? It's it's like horror movies, right? The scariest horror, horror movies are always the ones that could actually happen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The ones that there's an air of like, oh shit, that could actually. Like, as bizarre as it sounds, like Saw, there could be a lunatic that does something like you know. So it makes it that little bit. Someone getting stuck in, you know, the the one where they they all get stuck in a cave. Well, yeah. the, that one in the water with the sharks. 
Uh, when they all get caught. Oh, uh, uh, di- what's it called? I know what you're Deep about. Deep blue? No. No. Open water. Is it open water? Open water, yeah. yeah. Which is, I think, the most terrifying of them all because you're yeah. just, yeah. So that they're scarier because it can happen. Like for Freddy Krueger, uh, you know, you watch and sort of go, oh, he's, yeah. that's never going to happen. No. Yeah. It's well, not, hopefully you know. not anyway. I don't want to, yeah, that is, like, I'm saying that. You would never, if it does you happen. Know, how could he be, you know, he's never going to be wearing a fedora, is he? If that happens. <laughs> Mate. You know that a fedora can look sick. And I cool. do, I do. Go back to episode one, guys. I used to love Nightmare on Elm Street, but the reason I loved it is because I didn't find it that scary and it made you feel hard in front of your mates that you didn't find it scary. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Do you mean like, like watching horror films as a kid was a bit like being able to handle your booze? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? As an adult I was man. terrible at it. The only thing I, I never found, I used to think Freddy Krueger was really fucking well dressed. That's the one thing I'd say. Mm. He's so dapper. Yeah, the stripes. And like, that. yeah, stripes, fedora, nice yeah. pair of tight, like sort of like well cut trousers. The trousers looked you know like I mean? they're a bit minging, though, didn't they? Yeah, they didn't look like. Yeah, they could have done with a bob squash, but mm. do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, I think he looked. I think he had a nice, nice way about him. Like you know, the film Exorcist. Do I know the film Exorcist? Oh yeah. 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 I went to. He, uh, he just asked me if I know the film Exorcist just a bit. Anyway, go on. <laughs> You ate it for breakfast one morning. Um, <laughs> I remember going out this, or, or sort of wanting to go out and sort of, sort of seeing this girl and she invited me around to her house when I was about, must be at 13 or 14, I think. Hello, hello. And, uh, yeah, boy. And um, and I was really, like, head over heels for, for her, really, you know. And she was like, oh, we've got, um, I've got a copy, like a pirate copy of Exorcist. Like, should we watch it? You know, my mum and dad are sort of like, you know, downstairs we watch this i'm like oh yeah cool cool let's yeah yeah great i'm i'm shitting my pants i'm literally fucking like yeah what, i mean i'm gonna before fight the film there. starts was, or when as the film's on yeah i knew as soon as horror was mentioned right, i was right. still like really into like sort of like yeah you know, i had i had the digits when i was watching like ninja turtles remember the really dark first one when they were yeah. open, so yeah um and i was like but i really like this girl and, I, and it's sort of it's the same thing now as if you're trying to handle your liquor right yeah so she um she puts it on and we're both sort of st- sitting on her bed watching it, and uh, she went, "Oh, let's turn out the lights to make it more scary." And I'm like, ah, "We don't have to do that. Like, we don't. You don't have to turn off the." She was like, "I'll be sorry." So she turns off the lights and we sit there with the glow of this, you know, you know, those massive old TVs back in the day. I was genuinely hoping that the fucking video broke or something, and um, it starts and it's yeah. All right, so I close my eyes, like just lay there, my eyes sort of closed like that, and um. Every time she talked to me, I sort of opened them quickly and like talked to her back. But I, I couldn't watch it. But actually, what was even worse was the sound of it. Like horror movies, the sound mm. of them is almost like the visuals because it's imagination. It's just, you know, yeah. I didn't sleep honestly for about two weeks after that. It, it's mad. It's mad. It's like you know, my it's mum like... stopped me from seeing her. It was like a sort of culture. Oh really? Like you're not going around there again. Like she, was, my mum was really close to going, and she was like, "I'm gonna go around to talk to her parents." You've not so you've been having nightmares for two weeks. Can you imagine your mum going around to the girl that you fancy uh, most in the world, knocking her door again? Well, my son came out there and he's shitting yeah. his pants every yeah. night. He's terrified. He, he, wet, he, he, wet, he wet the bed last night. <laughs> How do you feel about that? I'd appreciate if you don't tell people at school. But he did. He pissed his pants <laughs> we are, in bed. We are, we appreciate you. I mean, literally you. I don't want you to tell the other parents or tell the other kids because I realise this is hysterical considering my son's 13 and six foot three. <laughs> I'm really bad though, man. Cause like, you know, like, cause I, like, you know, the jump scare horror films, like scream started, like was that resurgence. Remember, like, like, and then loads of films came out like that, where it's like loads of, yeah. like, 
it's that thing of like when you're sitting in a cinema or even when you've got the TV up at home watching it, when it goes super quiet, you know that something is about to go yeah. off, right? Yeah. And it's that anticipation. I just get on high alert, but I love it. I find it addictive. Like Lisa finds it unbearable to go to the cinema with me to watch those. We'll have to do it one day, the four of us. What, what do you get? I oh, know, Catherine won't go. Catherine's literally. Oh, really? I just yeah, ju- yeah. I just physically jump and scream and stuff in the cinema. Lisa finds it really embarrassing. But what's Lisa like with like? So Catherine will Catherine can watch the opening four minutes of a five minute. I mean, five minutes is a push and go. I don't really like this film. We watched Pacific. Have you seen um, Palm Springs yet? No. Oh man, is that the Adam incredible. the Adam Sandberg? Uh, Andy oh, Sandberg. Sandberg. Yeah, it's yeah. incredible, man. It's so good. It's such a brilliant film. Yeah. Well, I thought so. Yeah. We 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 put it on uh, last night and. Uh, I said this film's brilliant. It's incredible. It's, it's honestly it's such a brilliant. Like it's an amazing piece of work. It's well written. It's just a mm. yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> and she just honestly watched for about five minutes and went, "You liking this?" I went, "Yeah, it's brilliant." And then she just went eh, and just looks at her phone for the, you know every and every now and again looks up when something. I and I genuinely as a as a as a writer and an actor, I was sitting there watching it in absolute awe, thinking this is a but, but brilliant the, concept. Yeah, but the problem is, mate, is that like I, I you know you're the same as me. When we find a comedy we really like, right, you take it to your heart and you talk yeah. about it to people like you made it, right, because you're so yeah. excited about it. So then I'll put something in it. Lisa and I just don't have the same taste for stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? She she doesn't like anything. You know, she... she t- oh, here we go. What's, what's going no, on? Right, no, do you want right, to take... Right, you, right, is right. it business... I know, you, I know you, no. these, little, these little signs you like to put across that things are going well. You're constantly getting business calls, work calls. Another offer. Uh, no, um, another offer. Whenever, whenever... Just as we're talking about films, it just pings up. Yeah. Oh, coincidentally, uh, oh, actually, oh, that might, I think that might be the film. confirmation. I'm in Palm Springs too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I um, search I mean, for I, Sandberg. I'll show Lisa something, and like she'll just sort of look at me like I was involved in the conceptualising of this whole project. Do you know what I mean? She'll sort of look at me like. Oh right, yeah. We no. watched some stuff. It's my favourite thing when you can watch a film together. You like um, uh, King of Staten Island. We watch and yeah. we both we love that movie. Mm. Uh, you know, I think there's certain stuff that you watch and yeah. I mean, if I'm honest with you, like this is really tri- we've really got into Home One Away since I sort of last mentioned it. Wow, we, we've really got into it. Do you know what? I, d- I don't know. I can't have a go at you because you know what, Lisa, Lisa, me, and Theo have really got into. Go on. Couples come dine with me. What you've just got into that? No, Being but like, a... I know, I know, I know, I know. But we've just you know, salutations because you can go back and watch from the beginning. <laughs> well, thank you, Tom. I accept your salutations in the spirit in which they were given. But anyway, so you've been watching Home and Away nonstop, mate. We well, no, what we do is we record them all during the week, and then on a Sunday we'll go have a bit of roast dinner, yeah, do the chores around the house, and then yeah. Um... Watch him away. It really does. Yeah. It, I think you know if the if the makers of Palm Springs happen to listen to the Wolf and Owl, and I imagine the roller coaster they've just been through, where they're sitting there going, "Oh my God, this guy! God, he's it's really high praise, really high praise for our film. God, it's amazing! Like really great comedy actor loves our film." And I'll, I'll, hold on, mate, you need to listen to the next bit. Why is that? Because he talks in similar terms about Home and Away. No, right. Home, home and away is is perfect drivel that you haven't really got to concentrate right. on, and that's what I love. I, I look, what I think is this is what my medication would be for people. I think every week watch three or four things that are really you're going to engage with. Mm. You're going to think this is incredible, right? You know, 
and then watch stuff also that is just there just 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 to have on that you sort of engage a little bit with but you'd sort of like you know it's like I, when i'm making a murderer was out i was engaged all the time with that i was obsessed with it mm. and then i realized that i'd gone into a rabbit hole where i thought i was a did part. you double screen oh mate i was obsessed with it yeah 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 um double what do you mean episode after episode no i mean um you know double screen where you're looking at your phone while it's on no no, my phone, my phone would be put down. So I put it down. Well, there's, the two, there's two types so of double screen actually. Now that you've mentioned making a murder, because there's the one type of double screen, which is what Catherine did when you put on Palm Springs. Yeah. Right? Then there's the other type of double screen that I sometimes do, where something interesting comes up, like a talking point comes up, and then I do, want to do a deep dive into it while I'm still watching the show. Do you know what I mean? So like something might you pause. Come... You pause the show. Then. Depends. Sometimes I, I, I sort of. It depends on how how far down the rabbit hole i can't believe i'm saying these words out loud but it depends it depends yeah how into what i'm looking i'm guessing then you go to the max right (laughs) (laughs) i gotta tell you mate exceptionally played exceptionally played thank you thank you it was um yeah that was my little uppercut but yeah, man, I, I, you know what? That's one thing I really want to do with you is watch more stuff. I'd love, I can't wait. I genuinely actually can't wait to go to the cinema together. We are, well, that's good. I'll tell you what we should think about doing. And this is another, yet another thing that we'll plan to do for the Wolf and Owl that will never happen. Although we are definitely doing the live shows. Those are happening. Yeah, yeah, they're happening. But we should do like a little live watch thing where you and me. Oh, that'd be cool. With the, with the Wolf and Owl pack, we sit down and all sort of watch a program or a film together. We should have done that. The film for, would be good. We should have done that for the Line of Duty finale, really. But um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, this is an email episode, so we need to get into... Get stuck emails. into the emails. Now, this is a little yeah. bit of overlap from something we talked about in the last episode, but um, I do want to ask you about this, Tom. This is more for you than me. Um, hi, Wolf Allen Swan. Uh, I'm sure you're aware of the recent cinematic breaking news. A newly discovered 80 year old review of Citizen Kane has meant it's now lost its top spot on Rotten Tomatoes, being replaced by none other than Paddington 2. Therefore, Tom is officially in the greatest film of all time. Uh, which is, of course, one of my personal favourites, if you others share. Paddington 2 is, of course, amazing. We talked about it a little bit last uh, ep. My question is this. Tom, what was it like working on this gem of a film? And this is this is what I like about this cinema, right? This guy, Ben, obviously only wants to know about Paddington 2 and then is gone because he feels sorry for the tragic little owl just sitting here reading the cinema. And for Rom, what have your movie on set experiences been like? Don't bother. Uh, so <laughs> You've got a great movie story. What movie story? Oh, mate, the story of you slapping that kid is one of the genuinely <laughs> one of my favourite ever fucking yeah, stories. But Tom, but Tom, I just don't. I don't think they're quite on a level, are they? Oh, Tom, Tom's Tom, Tom. Have you got any great stories about your time on what's been officially rated the greatest movie of all time? Um, yeah, I have actually. And after that, do you want to tell your story about the? impossible to obtain because it's probably not in circulation anymore. German movie, Age of Cannibals, Ramesh. Oh, yeah, I'd love to tell you that story. Where I played, <laughs> a, a great... where I played an Indian oh, businessman look. and did a Bud Bud accent for the entire duration of my of my part. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the, the truth of the matter is, though, those films, you, I have better stories about those sorts of films that I've been in. Than Paddington 2 is genuinely an incredible thing to be involved. Like, the size of it was just, uh, yeah, like, inc- like a mad like to turn up on the first day and, and and also the scenes that you're actually doing like with Paddington which is essentially just a massive ball that's not even yeah yeah what is it is got... it a tennis ball on a stick or something 
Then I do it with a no. I do it with like a sort of sphere on a stick, which right. is sort of the size of Paddington's head. Okay. Which somehow that's something to do with like when they're doing the animation for the light, uh, and then you do it with a little person who is uh, the same size as Paddington. So that's for your eye line, right. uh, and then you do it to nothing. Uh, so you do it sort of like three different times. Yeah. It's, it's like genuinely an incredible process. There's one day where I had to stay late because I had to come in and do a scene so I could be Paddington's eye line. I was like, he's not even there. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah. Is that, like, is that impossible? Not impossible. It's obviously not impossible. Does it make it a lot more difficult to actually do your lines? Do you know this, uh, this is a really pathetic thing to admit? Um, uh, when I was a kid, I had an imaginary friend called Tony Walsh. <laughs> and uh, I got quite used to chatting to Tony Walsh. What did, what did Tony Walsh look like? <laughs> Blonde hair. Sort of like, he it was a bit, I guess, uh, Sort of a bit like that later on, like a bit like uh, Dawson from Dawson's Creek oh kind of vibe. Yeah, just the cool. No, just that I call him. He was American. So just in the last two, in the last week or so, I, I've just realised how big a fucking part Dawson's Creek has played in your upbringing, <laughs> and I, I, I had zero awareness of that. But now that's two consecutive episodes here. The first one, you pulled it, you pulled it out of your ass out of basically nowhere, no connection to what was being talked about. At least here, there is some sort of tenuous connection. No, no, but at the time, like when Dawson's Creek, um, that genuine when Dawson's Creek came out, I was like, oh fucking, it was Tony Walsh when I first saw like, <laughs> oh Dawson. Because <my> <laughs> obviously it was years before, like I was fucking Tony was in my life. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, look, that's that's the thing. Like, so when um, so when it came to talking to Paddington, I was like. Boom. Uh, I, I sort of, I completely got the vibe because mm. you're essentially talking to sort of an imaginary friend, right? Yeah. You didn't tell um, people that's what you were doing, did you? No. <laughs> I didn't walk up just to Hugh Grant and Brenda Gleeson yeah, and go, uh, guys, just to so you know, like when I was a kid, I had a pretty serious yeah. imaginary friend. Just one of them uh, coming up to you and going, God, Tom, do you know, it's weird because like, some of us are finding it really difficult to, to play to Paddington, but you seem to have no problems. Well, you know, I sort of channel what I used to do when I used to chat to my imaginary friend, Tony Walsh, so... <laughs> sort of imagine this little sort of you know imagine this little, I imagine this little Walsh no, you know the embarrassing thing is yeah. like <laughs> Tony Walsh wasn't just my friend as well like he was friends with my cousins <laughs> oh my god <laughs> the whole family have got it <laughs> he used to live in America <laughs> and he'd, tra he'd travel over in a flying car <laughs> Yeah, and even as a kid, this is how little I thought of myself, right? Sometimes, sometimes he used to blow me out. He was my imaginary friend, you know what I mean? My mum would be like, you play, with, you play with Tony Walsh, and I'd be like, no, 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 he didn't bother coming around. He's obviously got something better on. It was my imagination. Oh, God. Oh, I could have blown Tony Walsh out. That's how little I thought of myself. Uh, uh, well, but you know, it was, it, it was, it was genuinely like, it, it was, uh, yeah, it was an incredible thing to be uh, involved in. Like, you know, you sort of pinch yourself. It's a nuts thing to say, but like everything, like from the sort of like, you know, turning up on set and, yeah, I'm I'm a massive film geek as, as Romesh is, and I love my films and and going to going to cinema and whatever was such a massive part of my childhood and and to actually be in a, a big budget film like that and and um yeah it, it, it felt pretty incredible like it, that that's where you sort of take stock of what you've done in your life. It must be like you touring and you 
you've done massive gigs and you know you look out and think fucking hell that this is where i've got this is you know this is from that start as a teacher to being here and i think that's you know that they're the moments i think you've just got to kind of cherish and, yeah. and really really enjoy Okay, this next email is from Jennifer Kaywood. Um, it says, hey, hey, guys and Swan, thank you so much for this podcast. I will leave some tips on how... By the, way, by the way, that me and you have just now been merged into guys, oh, and this one's got her own little bit. Wow. I really, need some, I really need some tips on how to get over a relationship. I've recently just come out of a 12-year marriage, and it's hurting. The ex has already found love again and can't help but thinking they're both laughing at me. My sister said the best way is to get on the dating sites find the process of swiping people and judging appearances so awful. Uh, have you two ever been heartbroken and have you got over it? Have we ever been heartbroken? Well, let me tell you something. You are, you are listening to two guys that could be heartbroken over people that don't even know we exist. That, that, is, <laughs> that, that is the level that we're operating at. Okay? Yeah. I, I've been genuinely heartbroken about, yeah, people that didn't even like, do you know what I mean? That I told years later as well, you know, I had a big crush on you, and they were like, "Oh my god!" Like, yeah, you used to live in Sutton. <laughs> yeah, you know, like um, the the way that, that that some people that I've met up with later on that I told that I had a crush on, I was always trying it on, you know, trying to get into a relationship with her without them being aware at all. Is it, they react in the same way as if they'd been told like maybe a zebra had taken a shine to them? <laughs> Do you mean, or, or, or you know when you like you talk about if that you played in a football team or you played in a, or you were at a certain party and no one knew you were even there. Yeah. Yeah, I was there with my friend Tony Walsh. But <laughs> your sixteenth birth. Look, number one, I'd say like that it might feel like they're laughing at you. And I, I get that. I, I think that's that's a common thing that we all feel. I think the truth of the matter is I think they're probably selfishly wrapped up in themselves and uh, I don't think they're thinking about anyone else, if I'm honest with you. And that's pretty, uh, I, I think they'd be pretty callous to be laughing at you and I, that'd be unfortunate. I think I think as well that you need to take your time when it comes to going and dating and, and, and finding someone new. I think that, um, I think rushing out and doing it straight away, uh, you know, just concentrating yourself, building that sense of you, obviously it's a really traumatic and it's a really hard thing that you've just been through. And I think if you just... If you rush into things, you're never ever gonna. You're always gonna be sort of playing catch up with with who you are from relationship to relationship. I don't really ever think you'll be, you'll ever find that well rounded thing until, yeah, you know, yeah. And it sounds a really corny thing, but you make a better relationship yourself. I think that's the sort of the core of it. I, I personally, I, I think, you know, I, I've got friends who found dating online and, and whatever, and, and obviously that's just a bigger thing. And it's where you know we're we're talking about you know coming out of a pandemic where that's probably been a bigger thing, but. I I'd sort of think, I don't know, I, th I think there's the same really, really callous about swiping over people without getting to know them because you straight, you know, and I think we, me and Mama should have said this many a time before, I, you know, I, I, I don't think there's a picture that's been ever taken of me that would have meant that it would, you know, that sort of like 3% of the people on Tinder wouldn't have swiped over, do you know what I mean? Um, and uh, also me and Ramesh we were very self-deprecating, so our bios would be like <laughs> pathetic. Yeah. Trying to be funny. Yeah. So um looking looking so, for so, someone that looking for someone with similarly low self-esteem. <laughs> so <laughs> I think I think the truth of the matter is is concentrating yourself and, and not go looking for it. I think it will come out in the, the time it might surprise you the most. Um and be the best friend to yourself you can. I would like to um, I would like to echo that advice. 
Uh, I'd support that advice 100%. One of the things I didn't read out in the email, Tom, is that um, our friend here is 32. Now, look, the truth is, your ex might be in another relationship. It's not about being in a relationship. Tom's absolutely right. Just, you've come out of a 12-year relationship, right? You've got to just fucking find out who you are at this stage. You know what I mean? It's like, don't worry about any of that shit. Enjoy your life. There is no pressure. You're still so young. And even if you weren't, it still wouldn't matter. Just enjoy yourself. Have fun. And you know, like she said here, uh, how have you gotten over heartbreak? Heartbreak is hard, right? It is really hard. But it's also something, it's actually, there's actually something positive about that. It's a healing thing. So, you, yeah. you know, so I would enjoy it. Put, put whatever, like, whatever sad songs you want to put on, you know, enjoy it, embrace it, use it to try and help you get on. And then just don't worry about getting into another relationship. It's not all about being in a relationship. Also, I, this is this this might be mad and this might be an insane. I don't think you get over heartbreak. I think it makes you stronger. I genuinely think that it's a building block within your life mm. that you'll you'll learn from. You know, like anything, any sort of sort of stuff that happens that's hard and 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 you know, you'll you'll learn a resilience from. And I think like Romesh is right to sort of to 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 own that heartbreak and just to sort of yeah, I, fucking hell, I, I have times when I'm sort of you know maybe sitting on the toilet or just chilling or whatever, and my mind will wander back to sort of feeling that way. Yeah, and then I look at my life now and think how happy I am. I was 32 when I met my wife, so, do you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah, time is here. Time is great. Make time your best mate. Okay. It's sort of weird to reduce what's quite good advice into some sort of limerick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, listen, we ha- I hope that helps, man. Like Tom said, deal with the heartbreak. It will make you stronger. Your best relationship years are ahead of you, mate. Next uh, email is from Ro. Ro Leonage. Uh, what a cool name. Wow. That's a fucking epic name. And he says, Dear Wolf, Alan Swan, love the pod. Good job. Like you, Rom, I'm Sri Lankan and often crack up your stories growing up so I can identify and relate. All the aunties and uncles in the cinema together to watch Indiana Jones uh, as it's set in Sri Lanka. Uh, that aside, my question and point is this. I'm slightly older than you both, coming in at 48. Well, according to Tom, that is uh, slightly younger than me. At what point do you stop dressing like you're in your 30s? I love buying jackets, got loads from Pretty Green, uh, so you can picture my style of attire and musical taste. I have to wear a suit at work, brackets teacher, and try to style it out, but having just turned 48 in April, I've started to have these thoughts that I'm too old for my look. Really love to hear your thoughts, Tom and Rom, as you guys always look sharp. Take care. Ro. You know what it is, Ro? This is what I found recently, right? Because, you know, by the way, Romish is looking kind of sick, drippy today. He looks good. He's really fucking brought his A game today. Um, he looks cozy. You know what I'm and not happy swag. about is that this dry, my hair drying as we. Yeah, your hair looks incredible on Jonathan Ross the other day, and now it looks sort of a bit limp. Um, it looks so good. It looks nice. I like the bouffant vibe. Yeah. Know, so. well, you know. Yeah, that's cool. It looks a bit limp now, doesn't it? Yeah. Like your gels, gels just all gone dry and you sort of fell asleep on your hand or something. Um, <laughs> right, go on. Listen, uh, Ro, uh, what I've just realised recently, and this is how me and Ramesh actually in our, in our personal life, we chat, me and Ramesh actually have wasted many an hour talking about this because we, we have the same thing as you of that uh, addressing maybe a bit to you. But what I've realised, right, Ram, and this is something I've not talked to you about, mm, mm, mm. is actually I think it's fading in. Like, because me and you love our trainers, we love... Like tops like you've got on, as you know, I love a fucking top with that kind of vibe too. Yeah. But then, 
adding to it something that's a bit more of its of our age. Do you know what I mean? So the jeans, or then you might you might wear a top like that, but then with a more straighter pair of trainers right. or shoes or whatever. And then, or you might wear a more outlandish pair of trainers, but then everything else is a little bit more straight. Do you know what yeah. I mean? A little bit more of its age. I think the truth of the matter, though, is, bro, and I say this with all confidence, and I say this with all acclaim, do you. It really fucking kicks my vibe and it fucking crushes my peanut. Where, uh, <laughs> when people, <laughs> when people criticize other people for what they're wearing, for dressing too young, for fucking doing this, doing it. Usually the people who are saying that are dressed in a fucking navy something or they're dressed in a very primary color something that hasn't got any edge or hasn't got any bite to it. And the truth of the matter is, my friend, and let them do them, but do you. Like, if you feel good in something, wear it. If you enjoy wearing something, if you like your trainers or if you like your jackets or whatever you like, do it. Life is too short to be like having to feel like you've got to compromise or walk in another person's fucking literally like walking in another person's shoes. Like genuinely go forth, be you, smash your vibe. Sometimes you're going to get it wrong. But that is the, that is the hierarchy and that is the fucking, that is the kick and that is the crux of walking on that high wire, baby. Yeah. Some people look towards the skies and see a man on a rope flying across from building to building. Be that in the world of fashion, my friend. It's, it's really fucking mixed up your analogies there. It was like it went from high wire act, he talks about hierarchy, complete about context, and then a sort of a Spider-Man thing at the end. Um, <laughs> I, I totally agree with Tom, man. I think like, you know, I, I've had things where, Tom and I are both guilty of, whether guilty is the right word or not, guilty of dressing... I would say wearing stuff that's slightly maybe flamboyant or, you know, it's got a bit of sort of, you know, pat. I guess patterns. All I'm thinking of is bright colours and patterns. Tom and I both wear stuff like that. And it's the sort of stuff that blokes, I, I, I am being sort of gender specific here, blokes tend to take the piss out of more often than not. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, you go down the pub, you're wearing a, I, I've got like some like camo glasses, right? If I go to the, Same. I, I, if I go to the pub with those on, I have to clear the first hour. To sort of just deal with comments about that. Are you wearing glasses? I can't see that you wear it. It's weird. You don't look like you're wearing glasses at all. Where's Rom? Do you know where Rom? Has anyone got any idea where Rom is? I sort of have to listen Mate, to I that. I wore a camo shirt this week on the uh, the Rednap show, and that was the first. Yeah. yeah Where's Tom? Is he not here? Yeah. So, yeah. so that that is what ends up putting you off, or whatever. But like Tom said, Tom's uh, catchphrase of "Do you?" totally applies here. If you're comfortable with it. If you feel good, I'd much rather see somebody like you dressing a bit out there and actually making a, a decision about how he looks rather than people that just end up sort of falling into this fucking uniform of wearing the same shit they've been wearing for years and years. You're terrified of colours. You're terrified of, of anything that's even cut differently. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, I would back up Tom now. I would shout out as well for women's fashion because I tell you what, you, you look at the different levels that were the ladies take it different, the, the trousers, the, the cuts of the trousers, the different kind of trousers, tops. Like if you go into a men's designer store and you look at the women's route and then look at it, the men's, if you're lucky, it'll there'll be black, navy and white. And the women's is an all array of colours. In the world, guys, and this is going to, I'm, I'm going to go out on this, this, this not, you know, there'll be another out. email. We've still, we've, yeah, we've, we're not finished yet. Yeah, right. In the world, guys, remember one thing. Don't be vanilla ice cream. Vanilla ice cream is the shittest of all the ice creams. Try and be a better flavour. What, what would you say is a better flavour? Mint chocolate chip, okay. uh, bubble gum, yeah. uh, banana, yeah. um, banana and chocolate. Mm -hmm. 
um, peanut butter, yeah. uh, crunchy. Yeah. Uh, even strawberries are better yeah. flavor than vanilla. Don't be vanilla, guys. Yeah, don't be vanilla. Do you know how many people go up to like a gelato machine and say, oh, can I have a vanilla, please? Buttheads. Okay, that's not a number. Right. <laughs> 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 oh god. Okay. Um do you know we started off quite serious on this. I thought I was actually conscious that we started quite serious uh on this podcast and we've got kind of uh We've got kind I of quite silly. Like Rose. I think I like Rose's vibe, mm. man. I really like him. I really hope he turns up to one of the live gigs that we're going to do. Yeah, let's hope so. Bro, if you do turn up to the live gigs, mate, I can't wait to see what you wear. Genuinely, I'll say that now. Shouting, shouting you out, Ro. Shout out to Ro. But also, just to, for context, he also did shout out women's fashion. That much neglected area. Um, okay. This email is from uh, Ellie. She's put brackets, giraffe. Wow. Wow, giving herself a name. Big up the giraffe. Big up the giraffe. Uh, yeah, yeah, Wolf, yeah. Alan Swan. Hope you've all had a great week. Um, Rom, this is mainly for you, as I know how much you love a Tango Ice Blast. This isn't this. Tom, you'll see. This isn't mainly for me. Shortly. Um, I was recently on a staycation in Dorset and came across an ice cream stall selling Calippo slushies. Slushies. What? <laughs> a few questions. Would you try... Now, Tom, you're obviously a Tango Ice Blast fan as well, so this is applicable to yes, you. It's only because much so. I've talked openly about my desire to have a Tango Ice Blast machine in my house. Um, a few questions. Would you try these or do you stick strictly to Tango? What do you think of a Calippo? Would this come top three in an ice treat at the seaside? If not, what is your top three? I get, Here we go. She's pre- the giraffe has predicted your top three here. I'm, well, I, mine? Yeah, your top three, yeah. Well, okay. So yeah. she's gone. My, I guarantee in Tom's top three, there'll be a double cone, flake... Chocolate sauce and nuts. It's not sort of items. It's more sort of ingredients, I guess. But Yeah, yeah, they're not really ice creams. Look, Ellie, you want to shout out, yeah. Ellie, giraffe, thank you very much. I will say this, though. Um, couldn't be more wrong when it comes to my ice cream tastes, uh, um, I'm afraid to say. Um, so, uh, yeah, number so one. So you don't have a cone? No, and I'm going to go through it now okay. in, quite, in in some sort of detail. But um, Calippo-wise, yes, I would without a doubt try the Calippo slush. If I'm honest with you, I'd love a Calippo on a hot, hot day. It's not, it's not, I listen, have... but, 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 but Calippo, I have Calippo because I can't have any dairy, right? But it's not, if I was able to have dairy, there's no fucking way I'd even look at a Calippo. Well, much have you done? You're a sweet, sweet kid. You're such a sweet boy, right? No, but I don't want to talk down to you at this point. But the truth of the matter is, a Calippo is a nice starter or a finisher after a strong, strong ice cream. Like to really, I think it's a real, uh, it's a cleanser on the palate. I always find it really hydrates you. It's beautiful. But no, a Calippo is not even getting into my top four hundred of like what I'm having if I get to an ice cream van or a gelato store. Okay. Right, I just want to level with that because okay. I don't uh, want you okay. getting yeah, yeah. confused. Yeah, all right. I'm not confused. <laughs> you just have to say, yeah. I, I just said Calippo's nowhere near the top three, and you've gone, oh, you sweet, sweet fucking arsehole. <laughs> like, and, ba- and basically agreed with me. <laughs> right. 
just to be clear though, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay, you know? fine. First, my first thing if I'm I see an ice cream van and I got that fucking taste in my mouth that I want an ice cream. First thing I'm going over and I'm saying is, do you do oyster shells? Sure. Now that's the, the, do you know what an oyster is? Okay, Tom, I, I'm vegan. <laughs> okay, I, 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 I'm yeah. not. I, I'm not an alien. I know what a fucking oyster is. <laughs> no, ice cream oyster, not yeah. A real I know what it is. Yeah. With the marshmallow in the bottom of the thing. Don't, oh. you know what's most insulting about that? Is after I've told you I've known, you fucking acted like, oh no, he's just making it up to sound like cool. <laughs> he doesn't know what an oyster is. <laughs> and then to oh, go, I, 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 don't mean a real, I don't mean a real oyster. Oh, you don't mean a real oyster when we're talking about ice cream? Oh, that's so mad. Oh, I assumed you were talking about a real fucking oyster. <laughs> No, I just know you can get confused with this kind of thing sometimes. Right. So first thing up is I'm asking for an oyster, yo. Yeah. If he hasn't got those or she hasn't got those or they haven't got them, I then say, have you got any screwballs? Screwballs was the next thing I go to. But I'm talking about screwballs have been cheaper in the last few years. I, you need loads of nice sauce on there. You need a decent size screwball. Yeah. Right? Like that sort of hand cup, yeah. right? Uh, that sort of hand cup for everyone listening. Tom's held his hands <laughs> at the bottom. I want at least three bits of bubble gum. Okay. Okay. Um, and then I can walk around with the bubble gum. I have one or two bits in my mouth at any time. Okay. Right. That at is, any that's time. You make it sound thing. like you're sort of alternating them, like you're a juggler. <laughs> <laughs> right. If if the said ice cream uh, valet hasn't got any of those. I then turn to them and say, have you got any, um, uh, any, you know, the, uh, like Cornetto corn, the really nice Cornet corns, cones. Cones, yeah. Yeah. The Cornetto, really fucking, yeah, with the, like, the waffle cone you're talking about. Waffle cones. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, have you got any waffle cones? Yeah. Um, in that waffle cone, I will have usually a bit of chocolate ice cream. I'll always go with a mint chocolate chip because mm -hmm. it's refreshing. Um, and uh, on top of that, I will somehow, sometimes have a little bit of rum and raisin or uh, something that, you know, that's a little bit out there, a little bit different. Uh, and then I'll probably all have two all flakes I, I, I just sort of, I mean, I just don't know what Catherine goes through on a day-to-day -day basis. <laughs> but I'll then turn around to the guy if he hasn't got any of those three, and I'll say, I'm sorry. Um, I appreciate uh, what you're doing in the world of ice creams, but number one, you need to get better ice creams. Number two, I'm going to find another ice cream van. Um, and then I'll leave uh, and walk off. So he'll um, go, if he hasn't got it. do you really expect me to believe that if you ask for rum and raisin and mint chocolate chip and a waffle cone and he hasn't got it, you genuinely expect me to believe that you will leave without making a purchase. You really think I believe that? No, that's probably where I'd buy a calippo. So to give us a calippo, okay. I'm going to find another, I'll walk down the seafront and find another ice cream van. Like the ice cream man now who comes around uh, by me, he has all of, all of my favourites. So, so I change it up a bit. Mm. Mm. Okay. Do you know actually on the set of King Gary, we got an ice cream van, but we had to do it on a day that you weren't there because you might feel jealous. That's not why you did it. You just did it because... <laughs> You don't give a shit about me. That's why. No, doing. I actually had sorbets for all the ve uh, vegans, by the right. way, and they all said what a lovely uh, touch yeah, that was. Yeah, but you did. But okay, but that makes it more even more insulting that you did it when I wasn't on a day I wasn't there. <laughs> oh my god. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Okay, look, we're out of time here. Um, wow, what a joy. What a joy. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think, 
look, how do you think we... I think that episode was good. I'm not that happy with how I was on that episode, to be honest with you. I enjoyed you. I thought you were very no, sweet, but very you know what? I think, Honestly, the bit, stuff at the beginning, I, I don't know. I feel like I was a What bit, stuff at the beginning? You know, when we were talking about COVID deniers, I feel like I was a bit aggressive. But Well, yeah, look, look listen, <laughs> JT, if you think it's aggressive, cut it out. If not, I think you should play it out to some sort of sweet, sweet music. I mean, pick a tune, Rom. I always pick the tunes. Could we have a lot of sort of, sort of an aggressive hip hop tune? When I do that little uh, that little rant about the about COVID deniers, can we put sort of anti up underneath it or something like that? That'd be great. Wow, well, you really want to fucking go for it? You really want to fucking alienate those yeah. fucking? I really want. Deniers. I really want them gone. Listen, guys. No, um, let, let, let me be clear. If you're a denier, you're a denier. I'm happy to have deniers. Listen, it's a, I'm talking about aggressive deniers. Okay. Yeah. 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 If you are currently listening to The Wolf For Now and you are an angry COVID denier, COVID denier, fuck the fuck off. Okay, go and listen to something else, you fucking piece of shit. Anyway, I just want to get that off my chest. <laughs> I think you stated that perfectly. I think it was cool. I, I don't beat yourself up. Go and have a calippo. All right, thanks, mate. Lick a calippo. Uh, Actually, you know what? Did we get anything else on the takeaway stuff? Still nothing. I mean, I'm hoping that we're going to get besmirched by them this weekend. Okay, can I tell you, I'm glad you brought this up because I got a delivery last night and I bottled it. Well, I'm going to do it this weekend. Me too. I'm not going to bottle it, okay? All right, okay. So next week, guys, on Wednesday's episode, Tom and I are giving you the wolf and owl promise. Of how to deal with delivery drivers. It's going to be sick. Okay. All right, Uh, see you next time, guys. Love you. Love you guys. Bye. Peace. If you have a problem, opinion, feedback, or anything at all, please email us at wolfalpod at gmail.com. That's wolfalpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, mainly because we don't have any content ideas. Thank you.